a terrible accident, a horrible event like a murder like this, oh, whoops, an accident. Yeah. You just drop milk out of the fridge and it's spilt all on the floor. Same thing as a murder. Right. But when you're a believer, you might not know why. You never will, probably. But you know there's a reason. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Really special guest today. You guys don't even know. Y'all don't, don't even know what we have. If you want to truly understand my story, the Granger story, you cannot tell the complete history of me without saying Brent Lamb oh, several on. times in there. Golly, man. that's I don't know if that's true, folks. So this is Brent Lamb, longtime friend. We've, we met um, probably 30 years ago. I was thinking, I was doing a show at South Fork. Yep. You were in high school. I was. We you, met. I was a junior in high school. Yeah. I, I told Amber this. I told the, the complete story of, of me and you and our relationship. And it's really interesting. And both of us have lived in multiple states since we've met. Mm-hmm. We've both had multiple jobs, multiple mm-hmm. career paths. Mm-hmm. and um, But the same calling from God. We could, we could, we can go there and say there, 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 there's where it's the same. Now, you don't know, you might not know this, but um, our relationship, without going into every detail, you were my first recording studio experience. Oh, wow. You were my first tour bus experience. (laughs) And that didn't say, that didn't put something in you that goes, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) Obviously, it it didn't work. It It hooked me. That's the problem. I could blame you for a lot of this. But can you can you believe? I mean, those are two major experiences in the music business, recording studio and tour bus. And I was with you on both of my first. Wow. I, I feel honored. You were one of, I mean, you. we were co-writing songs early mm-hmm. on in my career. And you were almost the beginning of that, too. If you had done that, that would have been the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would be a whole different show. <laughs> Golly, Guys, man. Britt Lamb is, um, I, I don't, you, you have such a, a long history. I don't know exactly what to say besides you are a, first of all, um, very godly man, uh, great family man, incredible father, incredible husband, um, leader of young men, one of the best singers on the planet Earth right now. Wow. You sing you sing so effortlessly. You said that exactly how I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ranger. Uh, you have um I, we could we could we could highlight back and forth. You were the lead singer for the band Shenandoah, which is one of my favorite nineties country bands. Me too. Me um, too. That was the first tour of bus experience. Yep. Yep. Um you've produced, you've managed, you've been the lead guy, you've been um a motivational speaker, you've been a you've been a pastor, you've been a worship leader, you've uh, you you are perfect for this podcast to answer these people's questions with me. Well, I'll try. I'll try. Uh, do I have the right to say I don't know? I'll have to get back with you. Absolutely, because I'm only you know I am old. I'm I'm 61 now. So if I have the right to go, man, can I get back with you on that? Because I don't know everything. My grandkids think I do, and so we're going to leave that like that. So, okay. Well, uh, the last time I saw you, you were my age. Yeah. That's a strange perspective. Wow. We have talked a little bit. We You moved to California, mm-hmm. and right after I moved back to Texas, or right, yeah, right after I moved back to Texas, that's that we lost touch for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I added this up yesterday. We lost touch for about 10 years. We reconnected because your son, Hunter, mm-hmm. was on the Florida Georgia Line tour. Right. And we were on that tour. And I was like, Hunter. And he's like, Granger. And, you know, it wasn't a few more sentences before I said, how's your dad? And then mm-hmm. we, next thing you know, we're FaceTiming you right yep. there in some arena in yep. some city, yep. FaceTiming you. And then we reconnected and got, you know, I got your number from him. And then um, recently you started a podcast, the Brentland Podcast, mm-hmm. with your daughter Haley, who last time I saw Haley, she was London's age. Wow. Yeah. She's, yeah. A, she's a woman now and a mom. And uh, she talked me into a podcast. And so... Okay. And well, so then I'm going to be a guest on yours one day, and then you're going to have to come back and be a, a guest on this one again. I would love it. I would love it. What we do on this one, Brent, is we answer people's questions. 
Anyone that has a question about any subject, they could email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. It could be about any subject. Brent, I see marriage advice, relationship advice, job, career, music, God. It could be really about just about anything. I don't discriminate questions. And in fact, I just threw them into a folder today without really looking. Okay. (laughs) As you could see, if you're watching on YouTube, we don't have notes. We don't have anything in front of us. We have zero preparation. But what we do is we go into this as if we are sitting around a campfire, mm-hmm. me and you and a guest. Mm-hmm. And they say, can I ask you guys something? Something's been going on with me. And I just, I'd love to walk through this with you. And and without preparation, me and you go, yeah, let's let's dig into this. Yeah, that's that's my heart. I mean, that's, right. we literally do that. Right. I have guys that's like, hey, would you mentor me? And I was like. I'm not going to read a book and talk about a chapter. I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> you yeah. You read yeah. your own book. But if you want to meet with coffee or breakfast, bring me two questions. But I, I reserve the right to say, not sure about that. I'll get back with you. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I did read the first one. I just wanted to start with something easy. So I I read the first one. That's as far as we'll go. But first one says, Hey Granger, I'm Brandon. I'm Braden. I'm 14 years old from Springfield, Illinois. I want to be a country artist, but I'm nervous to sing in front of people and I don't have a good voice. Do you have any <laughs> advice? You got to go after him. Come put, on, Brent. what you got? I would say, uh, put the work in. Don't, uh, don't, don't play. I always admired guys like John Mayer said he played guitar for eight years before he ever played in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say, is it Braden? It's Braden. Braden. 14, 14 years 14 old. 14 years old. That's okay. when I started playing guitar, by the way. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, me too. Um, Braden, I would, I, I would say put the work in for right now, get through school, get, get you a foundation. Of, of why you're living and what what you're living for, yeah. But learn to play guitar, yeah. Learn to sing, take voice lessons. If if you're if if you're in a church somewhere, find somebody that sings at church. Learn technique from him, and uh, put the work in. And then, as that skill develops, then just start kind of branching out and see how people will respond to you. Yeah, people people will tell you quickly. And and you'll get a good idea of how far this is going to go. Now, I could I could relate. I could say fourteen years old. I could I would have repeated that. I'm nervous mm-hmm. and I'm not a good singer. Okay, that's okay. F- fourteen years old, your voice is going to change a lot, a lot. So that's yeah. not a deal. Um, and the nervousness thing that just goes away with the experience. Yeah, that yeah. Just, just to do it more and more, and that just starts to go away. I, I think the first time I ever sang in front of anybody. Uh, was at church, and my uncle was the worship leader, and so he was. He had a high school choir rehearsal, and he wanted to show me off. He's like, "Hey, I want you to come up and sing for the." I was like, "I don't know, gosh, twelve, ten, you know." And there's all these high school guys and high school girls, you know, really attractive girls, and everybody's looking at me, and I'm thinking, "Oh gosh." So I get up there, and he said, "Just sing Amazing Grace." And so the girl at the piano was like, what key do you want it in? It's like, what, what's a key? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> key to the door or what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I started trying to sing and, and panicked. And I ran out of the church and hid <laughs> and dove in this hedge, this bushes. And I'm in these bushes with the bird nest. And I remember there was a couple of bird nests in there. And I'm just crying. And now the good-looking high school girls are like, oh, it's okay. Come out. Come out of the bushes. And I was like, I never, I'm never doing that ever again. So, Braden, you can just run out the back door and jump you into can, some bushes. Make that sure. is an option. <laughs> Wherever and, you're singing, make sure there's bushes. Yeah, make, yeah that, that softens the blow. Um, I, I was about 16 years old, I think, when I met Brent, and I asked him for a piece of advice, the same as you, Braden. And you probably don't remember this, but you you had one piece of advice when I asked you that. Do you remember what that might have been? Unless I've told it a lot. You said it. you said don't sign anything. Oh yeah, yeah, not even a napkin. 
Yeah. Not even a napkin. Yeah. Don't sign anything, not even a napkin. That's what he told me. Oh. And I took it to heart. The dude was right. The dude was right. There are so many scams out there. There's so many sharks. So this is ahead of this is a little bit ahead of the game, Braden, for right. you. Right. But if you ever come across someone in a in a venue or music venue or anything you're playing and they go, Hey, I want to be your manager, sign on the dotted line. You say, I can make you nope. a star. I'll make you a star. You say nope. Stay in Springfield, Illinois. That's a great town. We've played there mm-hmm. many times. It's a great town. There's a lot of places to play. I always encourage people, especially these days, stay in your town. Play mm-hmm. in your hometown. Don't want to go to New York or Nashville or L.A. Stay right there until you, the, every place you play is busting at the seams. You can't fit another person in there. Then you know you're ready. Yeah, when you when you when you'll know it's time to grow because you have to. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Great question. I apologize. That's the last time I'm going to give you something easy. <laughs> you would. I'm ready for you, man. I'm ready. Okay, look at this one. This is interesting. Um, subject line says, fear of disappointing my dad. Mm. Hey, Granger, my name is Steven. I'm 18 years old, soon to be 19. I'm from Arizona. I hope your day is going well. I've been a fan of your podcast and music for a while now. I have a problem with the fear of disappointing my dad. It's been like this for a while, and it seems like He's disappointed in the choices that I make in my life. Really, I want to start working a trade job of some sort. My dad thinks I need to go to college to be successful. I went to college for a bit. Then I decided to drop out because school never made me happy. The reason being is that in high school, there was a lot of drama and a lot of people hated me for no reason. I hated doing work on paper and some of my teachers were very biased when it came to politics. To me, it seemed like college was the same thing. I want to work for a trade job and start making my own money and move out of my parents' house. What I really want to do is be a cowboy. And I know that cowboys don't get paid a lot. So I was thinking going to trade school and doing some welding or diesel mechanic. But it seems like my dad doesn't like this idea. Every time I bring it up, he gets mad. I feel like the only thing to make him happy is for me to go back to college. I'm always looking for his approval. I'm stuck with the idea that I might disappoint my dad but I feel like I need to be making my own choices. Great job on the music and your podcast. Thanks for hearing me out. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack lot, here man. from Steven. Um, 18, you've had 18-year-old boys. You know, you know eight, you've been a dad of 18-year-olds, and we've both been 18. Yep. I think the first thing I would, I would tell him is realize that your dad's being motivated by love. Absolutely. I mean, every dad wants the best for their kids. Absolutely. Second thing is he's probably has some level of fear. Uh, and I'm not saying it's it's true, but a lot of dads will sometimes realize, have I done enough? Like at 18, he's getting ready to go out and start his own life. Have I equipped him with everything he needs? So there may be some fear there of like, oh, I should have – we should have had a talk about that or we should have talked about that again or whatever, but it, it your dad loves you and he yeah. wants the best for you. So when, when, when you hit that 18 to 20 and you leave, your parents are, are having this mental, Oh gosh, are they ready? Have we yeah. done our, have we done our job? So uh, just know that, but also realize you have to make your own life and you, you know, life is about making choices. There are rewards for good ones and there are consequences for bad ones. Yeah. So hopefully you've been raised in a home where they let you try and fail making choices. Um, it's time to make a choice, but, and I don't know if you're a believer or not, but if you are, it, you, you, you have to figure out what the Lord has for you above your dad. Like, like my story uh, I stutter. I was timid. I was bullied, and but I come from a musical family, so I could sing. But I didn't want to sing. I, I found out that architectural drawing was something that I loved hmm. because I didn't have to talk to people, and I and I got it. I loved drawing, and I loved the math part of that. And so I thought, man. And then my cousin that I was really close with, we said we're going to go to Auburn because they have a great drawing program. We're going we're gonna to be architects one day, come back, get a job in Nashville, because that's where I was born and raised. 
And then one day we'll have lamb and lamb, and we'll make a ton of money, and we'll give it to the ministries and kingdom of God. And and I got called to ministry my senior year of high school. And so I didn't tell anybody. And my dad came in one night, and he's like, have you thought about what you're going to do with your life? And I was like, yeah, me and, me and Tim, like we're going to go to Auburn. We're going to be architects. It's my passion. Love it. I still draw when I build. I have a wood shop that I love mm. working and then I drive my wife crazy because I will, she'll like, build me this table. And I'm like, okay. And two or three months later, I'm still drawing. Just like, make, you know, on my little CAD <laughs> right. program, you know, I was like, right. just build it. But my dad saw this ad for a band who was looking for a lead singer. And now I knew the Lord had called me to ministry, but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to do ministry. I wanted to be an architect. My dad comes in with this phone number. It's like, hey, this is a band I saw at the – it was one that, like, when you went to the grocery store, it's like boats for sale, puppies for sale, and you tear off a little strip yep. of the phone number. It was one of those, and it just said, uh, Christian band looking for lead singer. And he says, you ought to call these guys. I said, well, I don't want to be in a band. I'm going, I'm going to college. And he's like, well, maybe that's not what the Lord has for you. Your story is like the opposite of Steven. exactly opposite. <laughs> yeah. So when your when your dad says don't go to college, join a band, and I realized at that point I can't. You can't run from God if God is everywhere. You can't run from somebody that's everywhere. So I start crying and you know like what's going on? I told him I said yeah, I really feel called to ministry, but I'm not interested and I want to do what I want to do. And my dad, I was 18, and he looked at me and he said, "Son, if you run now, you'll run the rest of your life." And you can't run from somebody who is everywhere. So I got on a tour bus. Wow. In 1978. Wow. <laughs> and I got off that thing in 2003. Where we can connect these dots, Stephen, is in Brent's story and your story. And I, I have the same thing. You, your fear of disappointing your dad comes from God's law. And, and, and the Bible says that the law is written on our hearts. Whether you're a believer or not, the law is written on your heart because you're an image bearer of God. And God's law is obey your mother and father, mm-hmm. honor your father. And, and so when you want to do something else, but there's something deep down in your gut that says, I don't want to disappoint him, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. That's that law speaking out to you. Mm-hmm. that's drawing you back to your dad. And I think Brent said it perfect that your dad wants what is best for you out of love. And when you say, I want to be a cowboy, that's like, that's it's for 200 years, that's been the most rebellious thing you could do. I just <laughs> want to be a cowboy. That's as far out as I could right. be, as I could think. Right. So, man, Stephen, you, you're not going to want to hear my answer at all. But I'm going to tell you, there's something to what your dad's saying. Mm-hmm. And you should honor this. And And if he wants to, if he... Yeah, I'm assuming that he wants you go to, to go to college and that there's there's going to be some kind of financial benefit from him mm-hmm. if you do. I'm assuming that's what's happening. I, I think I had that conversation with your parents. Yeah. Because you were like, I want to do this. You knew me at 18. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember your mom saying, do you think he needs college? And I was like, oh, I'm in the middle of – what am I Uh-oh. in the middle? I said, yeah, you, you, yeah, he needs that. I mean – if if that's what the if 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 Granger Smith is is to become Granger Smith in music, then it's going to happen. So why not go now as an eighteen year old, get an education? Because you're looking at an old man here to go. I don't want to tour anymore. Yeah. So there has to be things bigger than that. Uh, if you want to be a cowboy, go to school and in the summer be a cowboy. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. You could you could. In turn, as a diesel mechanic, or what was the other thing he mentioned here? Diesel and uh, welding. welding. You could do welding, diesel, or cowboy in the summertime. Mm-hmm. You, or you could pick a college in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. close to all of this Jackson put together. Hole, yeah. Jackson Hole. And you you could do it, but but you're, you could do it in a way that's still honoring your father. And guess what's going to happen? All that stress that you're feeling, mm-hmm. that you're just disconnection of disappointing, it's going to go away. And you're going to go, Dad. I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor your wishes because you love me and you know what's best. Yeah, and and right now he's he he is your authority. Uh, the other thing I thought of is, have you have you ever cowboyed? 
Good question. Have you ever cowboyed? Uh, not at any kind of level that would be worth getting paid for. I thought I wanted to be a cowboy, uh, and I went for a summer. Yeah. I don't ever want to be a cowboy. Yeah. I love westerns. I collect western movies. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you, you know, I don't know if if it's a kid, calling for sure. And it's <laughs> it's almost as hard as touring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, Stephen, good luck to you, brother. I'd love to hear what what happens in this. And uh, thank you for the email. I think everything you're asking is is right, and you're right on track for an 18 slash 19 year old kid. Absolutely. You're doing you're doing exactly what you need to do, asking the right questions. Um, let's do one more and then hit a break. Okay. This subject line, I'm scared. I'm scared. Hey, Granger, I'm 13. Man, we got some youngsters today. Got some teenagers today. I'm 13 years old from Washington. I just learned some really scary news. I was born with a heart disease and recently found out I might need open heart surgery. I'm very scared and almost threw up when the doctor told me this. It's coming up soon and I need to find a way to get my mind off this. Thanks for your advice. This is Grace. Her name is Grace. Hmm. She needs to give herself a little grace. Yes, she does. Grace will be praying for you. There's uh golly, that's tough for a kid. Especially thirteen. Wow. That's this that's it's hard, Grace, and this is nothing nothing against you, but this is something that's just hard to process as a thirteen year old without th- this is something that parents need to need to really be working on. Mm-hmm. Whoever you're with, your your legal guardians, whoever that might be. That would just lean in on them and 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 your friends and trust trust in the doctors mm-hmm. that this is most likely a something they've done a lot. Yeah, they do it every day. They do it every day. It, it, it sounds crazy and complicated, and you're going to Google it to see what it is, and you're going to freak out even more because it just sounds like rocket science, and it is. But at some level, you got to just go. I'm going to trust that these people that have been a college for 20 years mm-hmm. are, and do this every single day are going to make me better. They're going to make me well, and I'm going to be better than I was. And I'm going to use this as my strength to move forward with a rebuilt heart. And it's going to be my story, my testimony, mm-hmm. and it, overcoming this fear, leaning into it, walking into that fire, you know, Absolutely. walking into the burning house is going to make you so much of a, of, a, of a stronger person yeah. moving forward. Yeah, and, and you know, when you look at a guy like me or even Granger, every hard thing I've ever been through, I thought, why is this happening? Yeah. Why? But every, every single thing, at some point, somebody comes and says, I'm scared, I'm going through this, I don't know what to do. Mm. And because I have the experience, I go, let's talk. I got you. Yeah. This is, you know, or I haven't even been through this, but let me pray for you. Let, yeah. Let, you know, let's let's call in the troops. But I can't tell you how many times, like, man, this has happened. I was just like, yeah, that happened to me. And I was like, golly, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. How'd you get through it? Well, let me tell you, you know, if you'll buy me a cup of coffee, I'll tell you. Yeah, you're a coffee breakfast guy, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So, Grace, imagine yourself at 23 years old, and you meet a young 13-year-old, exactly. and they say, I'm so scared, I'm going to have heart surgery, and you go, I went through that. Let me talk to you about this. Yeah, I went through that. And you could make an impact. That's hard to understand right now. Yeah. And I'm not expecting you to. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just walking you through the best I can, um, and, and Britt and I... We want to pray for you. We want. We want to. We want to just give you a little bit of grace. And, and yeah. I think it's our. It's not ironic that that's your name. Uh-huh. I think people yeah. are people are destined to live into their name. And this is you. You could all day long. You could sit here and go, "Why is no one else around me having heart surgery? Why is it me? Why me? Why me?" You could say that, and every other human around you is pointing at themselves about something else. Exactly. Someone else has some kind of heart problem. Yours is physical. And most people's is emotional. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate you, Grace. We're going to take a break and be right back. Mm-hmm. 
podcast is brought to you guys today by Athletic Greens, one of my favorite companies to read about. I started buying Athletic Greens after they sent me a couple sample packs to read on this podcast. And I was like, this stuff is so good. It's it's a green superfood powder and I put it in my protein shake every single morning. Sometimes it's after I work out. Sometimes it's the meal replacement instead of breakfast. But I put it in there with protein. It's so good, you could just have it with water. And I started buying it myself. I signed up for a subscription and because I loved it so much. See, one tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality, bioavailable ingredients and a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus, aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. I couldn't say enough good things about AG1 Athletic Greens, and they they are lifestyle-friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free or nothing free like me, and they contain one gram, less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no tasty chemicals or artificial anything while keeping it tasty, really good. It's, it's delicious stuff. And it, it, since I don't have to worry about eating a salad, everybody knows you got to have greens in your body. You got to put greens in. And instead of going out and eating a whole giant kale salad, I could put a couple of scoops of AG1 in my protein or my shake or my glass of water. And it's really, really good. And it makes me feel great. So join the movement of athletes and Life leads <laughs> and moms and dads and rookies, first timers, and everyone in between taking ownership of their health and focusing on nutritional products that they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's essentialist nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash Granger today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Granger to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Podcast is also brought to you guys today by Movement. That's MVMT. It is almost the holidays and Movement, the original watch brand to break all the rules, starting by two college dropouts who didn't want to overpay for a nice watch has you covered. This is a really cool watch company, guys. And they're bringing you the sleekest, most quality gifts of the season with hundreds of watches, blue light glasses, sunnies, and fine jewelry styles to choose from. Stuff your stockings, impress your family, wow your partners, or treat yourself because we know you're dressing up with the perfect gift from Movement, and Movement is making it easy. Beautifully curated gift boxes, his and hers gift guides, and free quick shipping right to your door just in time for the holidays. I love to wear uh, the field watches. I'm just kind of a field watch guy, so it works out good for me. It, it, it's, it's great for, for hiking and, and outdoors and hunting, um, but it also looks good if you want to take your watch to dinner and have a, a good-looking watch. Uh, I choose my, – my favorite thing about movement is the field watches. And um, that's that's the one I wear. I wear it on shows now. And they're designed in-house. They're super sleek, clean. They won't break your bank since they're just starting at just 95 bucks. And Movement has clean, minimal designs and quality products. Movement has sold almost 2 million watches in over 160 countries. That's really awesome. Be the big winner this holiday season with a gift from Movement. Go to movement.com slash Granger. That's MVMT.com slash Granger. Join the movement. Lastly, the podcast is brought to you by Yee Yee Radio. If you have not downloaded the free Yee Yee Radio app, you need to do that. It's super simple. It's, it's a simple uh, download. There's no sign up. There's no forms to fill out. You just download it. It's free. You hit play and it is the soundtrack to your life. If you're looking for a playlist that you you don't know, you know maybe your playlist that you've made is getting old or or you're tired of just constantly updating it. Leave that to us. Leave it to us here at Yee Yee, and we will make your playlist for you. Just open up the app, and it goes. 
It's I mean I can't say I can't say enough about it. It's free. There's no catch. There's nothing. There's there's no catch to it. It's free. Yigi Radio. At least check it out. Download the app. Check it out. See if you like it. It's a great soundtrack soundtrack for driving or working or hanging out or the background music for for a house party or a barbecue. Um, check it out. YigiRadio.com or go to your app store and get the Yigi Radio app. Back to the podcast. Sitting here with the the co-host of the Brentland podcast. <laughs> I should, yeah, uh, Haley's the boss. Okay, my, my that, daughter. That's she's, your daughter. Yeah, she's the boss. But yeah, we're we're. Uh, you have so many stories. You you people deserve to hear your stories. Well, they can find them at the Brentland podcast because okay. it's man every week. She's like, hey, Dad, tell me the story about this. I don't even remember that story. We've had people write in and go, hey, ask your dad about this. I don't remember. Oh, I do remember that. I got a hundred stories of you myself. You're just the kind of guy that just everywhere you go, stories just happen all around you. Well, that's why we did it. You know, as people were always at the house sitting around, eat. we're always eating. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but then we would tell stories and she's like, dad, you're not touring anymore. We can't have everybody come to our house and, and have that experience. She's like, let's give it to the people. And yeah. I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you you are a plethora. Podcasts are perfect for you. <laughs> perfect. For Did you. she tell you to say that? No. <laughs> but I'm going to throw this to you. I have a bunch of subjects here. Okay. I don't know what they say, but I'm going to read you some subjects, and you're going to pick the next one. Okay. Parenting and death. Should I stay or should I leave? Help. We have a marriage, faith, and mental health. We have girl, help, and faith. And we have work. Any of those? I'll stay away from the girl thing. Uh, <laughs> you talked to my wife about that. <laughs> uh, like, what was the first one? Parenting and death. Let's talk about parenting and death. Yeah. It says, hello, my name is Justin from Alberta, Canada. Thanks for reading my question. Okay, guys, I have a difficult one for you. To proper, properly understand a little bit about me and my wife, my life, excuse me. I have two twin boys. They're almost three. Their birth mother and I separated a year and a half ago. In that time, both of us moved on and found someone new. My girlfriend has been mom to the boys almost a year, both in title and function. Here's where it gets tricky, though. Back in March, my ex-wife, her new guy, murdered her. Good grief. Now, recently, my one son has been pointing at the picture of their late mother that hangs in the room and asking, who's that? How do I explain to them who that is without confusing them? They have a mom, and I don't want their mother's memory forgotten. If they were 13, they'd be able to understand, but they're not. They're three. I find it challenging, not only as a dad, but as a Christian. I understand sometimes people get called home early, but why like that? Why when her kids won't remember her? That's a great question. comes from Justin in Alberta. And justified in all your questions, brother. Um, and there's two parts to this. There's how do you explain to the kids, the young kids, about their deceased biological mother? And the second question is, why does God do this? So we could tackle, we could jump into both yep. of these. I think my first thing would be since the kids are little and they're asking who that is, I would say for now, take the picture down. Hmm. And wait, um, and, un- until they're older, until 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 they know who she is, you can sit down and explain, and they can comprehend that. Here's what happened. Here's you know. And I, th- I don't know where to exactly where to go to that with that. And I was hoping you were going to say something like this, and I would lean into Brent's wisdom here. And I, I th- you're exactly right. I'm going to agree. Not not forever. It's it's just now. Yeah. Just it's for not now. a disrespect thing. Right. This is a this is smart parenting, I think. Take it down. Take it down so the questions go away for now. Yeah. And then as they get older, the que- I can guarantee you the questions will come back. Yep. The the question of who who is that when they see it, then when you have that conversation, they'll be able to comprehend like, oh, okay, that was my birth mom. We all divorced and and then I yes. Mean, and I think you know as far as. How far you go in details depends on their age. Yeah. 
You know, like you don't tell a four or five year old like your mom was murdered. You know, you don't tell, you don't say yeah. that. What is murder, Daddy? Yeah, well, what does that t- mean? Yeah, yeah. Who did it? What yeah. happened? You yeah. know. Um, the second thing that about why does God let things happen? There's a lot. I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, we've all lost people. Of course, your story's really incredible. But the why is always there. But as long as the why keeps keeps you moving towards Him, the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as the why keeps us moving towards the Father, he is he is still that Father in Luke fifteen that is standing on the porch, going, "Come here, you're you're going to be okay. Let, just let me talk to you. Mm. Let's talk." Um. So, you know, I, I I lost my mom in January, and it was just, part of it was like, why? Yeah. Like. They were married 62 and a half years. And it's like, why? Like, why couldn't you just heal her body? Yeah. And now, now I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a tweener. I'm kind of, I'm becoming the parent to my dad and, and my wife's mom. But then I have my kids and grandkids. So I'm, I'm kind of shoved in the middle a lot. So asking, you know, as as you get older and and people pass and things happen and career all this stuff it's like why god why would you allow that and i think the first answer is cuz i'm god i'm sovereign yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm you know and i his perspective is way above ours yeah we're in earthly time he's in eternal time and so there there comes a point you you can ask why and you can ask questions until you're blue in the face but as long as those wise push you to, to him and, and seeking him out, you know, there's he he has to get the glory in the waiting, he has to get the glory in the breaking, he has to get the glory in the healing, he has to get glory in the breakthrough, which is a song we sing at church. And and just real quick, when some people hear that, they're like, Why does the sovereign God need to get glory? He doesn't. Need Doesn't to need get, it, but he knows that's what makes us better. Yeah, we're image bearers. That's what's going to make us in 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 perfect thankfulness, praise, worship in the end. Yeah, we're we're ambassadors. It's like yes. we the world wants us when they look at us, they're going to want to know who he is, and so that's why we have that responsibility. Exactly. So, Justin, when you ask a question like. Um, I understand God calls people home early, but why like that? Why like that? Well, as a as a non-believer, there is no reason. It's just a chance. You're stardust. Yeah. You're here one day. You're gone the next, and it never mattered. A, a terrible accident, a horrible event like a murder like this. Oh, whoops! An accident. Yeah. You just drop milk out of the fridge, and it spilt all on the floor. Same thing as a murder. But when you're a believer, you might not know why. You never will, probably. But you know there is a reason, and it matters, and it's important. Yep. And it's all part of a greater plan, a greater purpose. And you go, how is murder part of a purpose? But we know that there is, Mm -hmm. because we know we have a creator that's sovereign. And your alternative is to be a non-believer and go, whoops, that was a waste of... Breath. Murphy's Law. Yeah. At best. Wow. It's like, how, do, how, how would you believe in that? It's like, yeah, yeah, God is sovereign and we don't know why. We, we, you know, we know sometimes people die early. And I don't even like to use the word die because Jesus wouldn't use it. Um, I, I like the word graduate. Je- Jesus looks at us, <laughs> what Brent's saying is eternal beings. There is yeah. no death to God. There is no death. We're all alive in him. Yeah. Yeah. And this this house was made for however long his plan for it. And then we step out of that and Yeah. I mean, so there's times that he that people go early so that he can get glory out of their passing. Sometimes it's to make those those people around him draw them closer to him. Yeah. Um you know, my my wife's dad passed early in his fifties from cancer, and we were convinced 
the Lord will heal him. Yeah. We're convinced. Look what you could do, God. You'll you'll show your glory to so many people if you just do yeah. this one healing. This yeah, this be this will be incredible. That's our brains. And what I tell you now is God healed him, ultimately healing, yes. healed him yeah. way more than the cancer. Yeah. He took him home, you know. And and what we've seen out of his graduation in in his fifties has been incredible. We can't I can't tell you how many people have come and said, Man, I don't know how y'all did that. It's like we know. Because the Lord was there and He we trusted Him completely. There was no question. Yeah. Um and so there's there's people like that that come so who 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 knows, Justin? I mean there there may be a time as your twins grow up and and as as a father of twins, I will tell you, you you will make it. Yeah, <laughs> you will. Yeah, Brent has twins. You will sleep some other time, um, but you don't know what what God wants to do in their lives. Exactly. And I'm, you know, as I get older, it, the the table just always turns, and there's always these tragedies or these questions that happen in life, and then somebody later, years later, will say, "Here's what I'm going through," and it's like, oh. I went through that. And in that moment, that's how God gets glory. You bring comfort to them, you show them love and grace, and you walk with them, you know, through it. And yeah. so right now the why just I don't know why. So change the why to what? Change the why to why God instead change it to what do I need to know from this God? Exactly. What are you doing? What are you doing through this to me, to my boys? to our future, what is it that I need to pull from this that you're showing me? Change your why to a what. Mm-hmm. It, makes you, it makes you have an action. Right. Instead of you're in retreat mode when you say why, you, you go forward with what. Yeah. What, what are we, we going to learn? I love to take the picture down for now, and then you're going to have plenty of time to, to meditate in prayer over this and to, to really figure out what you're going to do moving forward. It, People, when, when we say stuff like this, Brent, when we say God allows suffering for reasons, in a, in a fallen, broken world, the world is naturally falling apart mm-hmm. until it's redeemed. But when, when, we, when we say that some of that stuff, some people will go, so these sick kids in Africa, that's, that's your God doing that? And I say, take, take away suffering out of this world. Take away any kind of problems. Take away the extreme pain. Take away the murders. And you're left with an empty blob. Right. Well, There's with nothing to redeem, with nothing to be saved from. In heaven, we will, we will be in eternal worship because of what we have seen, the fallen brokenness we have seen creates within us during that redemption, eternal worship. Yep. Take, take adversity out of football. What are you left with? Soccer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Take a, I'm sorry. Take a football, take a Super Bowl champ team yeah. and take away everything in their season that had to do with adversity. Mm-hmm. And what does that trophy mean to them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, it's we, we live in a fallen world. And just because things happen doesn't mean that God is doing them as much as he may be allowing them. Right, exactly. Because. He's going to have his day. The day of the Lord's coming, and he's going to settle up. Oh, yeah. So we we have an enemy that has, from the garden, yep. has, been, has, has been trying to stop what God wants to do. And we don't, we're not part of the, you know, the, the divine council, as Psalms 82 says. We don't know what he's doing. Our part is as image bearers is to trust him, and we've all had. I've had those times just in the last ten years, sitting in my back porch, and my whole prayer life, my whole spiritual journey, everything had been whittled down to. All I could say to him was, "I trust you. I trust you." Yeah. Everything else is gone. I can't see tomorrow. I don't even want to be here tomorrow. But I trust you. Ooh, that's so good. That's so good. Justin, I'd go in there tonight. After you hear this podcast, I'd go in there tonight when those boys are sleeping. And I'd just lay my hands on those boys. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say, God, give me, give me, give me strength. 
Give me the wisdom to, to know what to say when the time has comes with these boys. Yeah. Give me the strength to know what to say to them. I'm weak. I can't do this without you. Anything that with, with something this horrible as this kind of murder, the only thing that's going to get them through is you. Yep. And give me those words. Give me the strength to show them, to guide them, to lead them to you. And use it for glory. Like, use, use this, God. Don't. Use this. Let them use this story of their murdered mother. Let them use this for your kingdom. Yep. And watch miracles happen. Yep. And write them down. I would add, Oof, write them down. I good. have my boys are in their late thirties, and I have I have their life when it was a tragedy, a teachable moment, something hilarious, a disobedience that turned into a teaching moment. We wrote them letters. Mm. And now that they they're adults and they have their own children, holidays. What do they want to do? They want to get those letters out. Ah, oh, so great. Yeah, and so I have. <laughs> yeah, so I also have uh, Gmail email accounts for my grandkids that they don't know about. So at some point when they graduate high school, I'm going to give them the password, and they're going to have their whole life me emailing them about. This is what happened. This is oh, that's so you you made an email for them, yeah, and then you sent it. You sent letters to them. Uh, no, I, I haven't sent them yet. They, I mean, but you sent letters to the to I'm the typing, email account, typing emails to their account to their account. When they're eighteen, they get the password, and then they'll be able to sit and read every wow. email. Yeah, and guess how much <clears throat> that cost? Zero. That's free. That's free, man. That's so good. That's so good. If you get anything out of this podcast, that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. All right, we're gonna switch gears to a. Good old relationship. Looks like this is going to be a relationship question. Should I stay or should I leave? Hi, my name is Morgan. I'm 25 years old. I'm in an eight-year relationship. My boyfriend is seven years older than me. My math is, says that he's 32. Mm-hmm. He comes with a traumatic from a traumatic childhood. At 19 years old, uh, I had the responsibility of taking care of a broken alcoholic. I sacrificed my life in giving this person all the time which resulted in me neglecting myself for several years. He did stop drinking, and because his health was declining. Uh, it, wasn't for, it wasn't for me or himself, which I begged for for years. He doesn't work. Make sure I'm reading this right. I take care of the finances and most of the household responsibilities. He doubts the relationship I have with God and doesn't share the same extent of beliefs as I do with God. I started noticing myself getting lost over the years. Imagine that. And started putting myself first and finding my purpose in life later. My boyfriend, on the other hand, doesn't want the same things as me. I feel like I'm outgrowing him. There is only so much I could say to try to get him to grow with me. I know he loves me, which is hard for the outside world to understand, but I've seen the deepest parts of him, and I want to believe that he does. Do I stay because I know he loves me and sacrifices and sacrifice more of my own mental health because I don't believe in giving up on the things and people that you love? Or do I leave putting myself first or stay and fix my and stay and fix myself and work on my relationship with God, my own relationship with God? That comes from Morgan. Boyfriend? Boyfriend. Yeah. Um, if This is an easy one for me. Yeah. If, uh, if they were married, yeah. win, your, win your husband over. By the word, yeah, you're not married. You deserve better. Yes, Morgan. Um, yeah, th- this is easy. I know it's easy. easy for Brent, and it's 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 you're, you are you are have already made up your mind by the tone of your email, mm-hmm. and you, th- this email to me is like a last stitch effort to just maybe Granger thinks that maybe I should stay because there's there's this weird th- thought with people that. You should never give up. What did she say? Never give up on the things and people you love. What what is that? I don't know what that that doesn't line up with very many things that I that I believe. No, and I would just remind you, Morgan, love is a verb. Yeah. It's it's not a feeling. It's and yes. you're you deserve better. You you deserve a man, not a boy who can shave. You deserve a man who will love you and you will know he loves you by what he does for you and that he leads and he serves you. And uh, I would I would encourage you to read Romans 12.10. Mm. It says, be devoted in love and in honor 
one another and prefer one another above yourselves. That's why I'm still married after 40 years, because hmm. that was our verse. Yeah, Morgan, um, man, I would— You're not the 17-year-old that right. you were when you met him. Right. And it's a human nature to try to fix something. You see this poor, helpless man, he's, he's had a, he had a broken childhood, so I could come in and try to fix him. And, and the truth is, it's just not your responsibility as, as a girlfriend. You have your own things to deal with as a 17-year-old when you met him, other than fixing a broken child that, that um, it's just, it, it, it sounds selfish. And I want you to take that word kind of out of your, your vocabulary, because until you're married, you need to be selfish right. as possible, because we're not just talking about you once you do get married, we're talking about kids grandkids. Yep. T- this just starts spreading out. And so if you're not selfish now, where you are single, then you're going to fall into a relationship, then you're going to marry, then there's going to be kids, then you're going to have kids of a broken man, yep. and then grandkids of a broken grandpa with broke, probably broken fathers because yep. of the broken grandpa. And it's just a chain reaction that you could stop right now. You are attracted. So many people, This is this is hard to hear, but you become attracted to the mere image of what you think you deserve. Right. And you have to stop. You have to stop thinking that you deserve a, a project. You, yeah. you are now a 25-year-old woman that deserves a man. Huh. Like Brent said, not just a man that shaves, a but boy. a man. Yeah, not just a boy that shaves, but a man, a man. in every essence that is going to be a, a co-equal in this relationship with you, that's going to contribute man things and you're going to contribute woman things right and you're going to create this 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 god-ordained marriage eventually you're dating to marry not you're not dating for a boyfriend to fix right you're looking for the next one and i'm i'm hoping you're gonna you're gonna break up with this guy and you could do it in a loving way and 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 still love him and as a person still love him as a person yeah. and it's not denying his love for you but the next relationship you're going in is looking to marry. And it's not going to be seven years. Right. It's not going to be 10 years. And if someone wants to, to fool around with you for seven years, that's a boy that shaves. Yeah. The next one is a potential husband. Yep. So I'm sorry that you're that you're <laughs> that you're in this, but I, I think a lot of people listening are going, ooh, that's me. That's yeah. me too. Yeah. And it, I mean I keep thinking about the verse Paul says, guard your heart above all else because out of it flow the issues of life. You've, you need to really guard your heart and not, I don't know you, I know me. And as a young guy, I would easily give my heart to people because I had compassion. Yes. And all of a sudden you can get, then now you, these, because you had love and compassion for people, now my heart was full of all these things and people in these situations and all these issues in life. And then that's when you that that's when you write emails like this. Should I go or should I stay? It's like, yeah, I would say right now, just without having say, look, we know it all. This is what you need to do. And if you don't, you're crazy. Just on based on experience and what I know the scripture would say, you deserve better. Leave him. Yeah. And and let let him go get well as yeah. a man, and who knows? Maybe he'll go somewhere. He'll get well from his past. He'll have another man pour into his life. Teach him how to be a man. Teach him how to lead. Yeah. And then he, who knows? He may be what you need in the future, but he's not right now. Yeah. And and knowing that you don't wait around on him either. No. It could happen, but you don't. You're not going. Okay, let me know when you get things fixed up and call me again. In fact, I wouldn't even leave that door open. No, or call him every two weeks. Like, how's it going? Yeah. Like, no, it's just time to move on for now. Yeah, and and to this guy, if he's listening, this is not on you, brother. This is not on you. This is a very common situation, um, and we could sometimes lean into a girlfriend like, "Hey, I'm broken. You can fix me. Mm-hmm. Fix me, right? That's your, that's not her job. Right. That's not her job." Brent said it right. An older mentor, a father figure that I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you don't have in your life because she says you have a traumatic childhood. I'm assuming that usually that's the absence of a father figure. 
So you could find this at your local church. You could find um, father figures and coaches, um, but you but you need you need someone to pour into you and go. Come on, like Brent says, let's go get some coffee. Yeah. In fact, if you're in uh, Dallas, Texas area, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brent, Brent Lambs for hire. He eats breakfast in all kinds of places and drinks coffee. And- I eat every morning, so you know. So yeah. this is so the couple minutes left on this podcast. Let I don't want to go into another question. I want to theoretically pour into this man. Right. I, I don't think he's listening. But you as a mentor, how would you pour into this guy? If he came to you and go, hey, Morgan broke up with me. Uh-huh. I, now I got nothing. Yep. I, I would sit down with him and say, look, let's, let's work through however much you can of your past. And then let's start. Let's, let's get that done and, and settled. It's in the past. You can't do anything about it. Let's let's try to figure out how, how you can get well enough when you think about that or you have emotion about what happened to you. And then let's let's put that over here. And then let's start building wh- where you are now. <clears throat> and then and then let's be, let's start thinking about what you want to be. Yeah. Um I'll 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 tell you, I'm a pastor. But I, I would honestly tell you, I am the man that I am, not because I'm a pastor, that I'm on church staff, that I've had the career I had, not because I go to you know five Bible, uh, five Bible studies every week. I am the person and the man I am is because when I was 32 years old, a guy in his 50s looked at me and said, what's your plan? Mm. And I said, my plan for what? What kind of husband are you going to be? What kind of man are you going to be? What kind of dad are you going to be? And when people tell your story, which they will, yeah. what story are they going to tell? Are, are they? Is your story going to be, he was a country star and he made a lot of money, but he never was there? Or... He went to church, but he never lived it. Like what it like they're gonna tell your story. Somebody that comes behind you, they're gonna tell your story. So what kind of story are they gonna tell? So I would look at this guy across the booth as the waitress is refilling my coffee. (laughs) Uh, I would say, What kind of story are you writing? Your life on this earth is a story. You're writing it. Now, us as songwriters. There's there's things we write and and they're upbeat and people want to dance and then we write stuff that people want to think about and then some stuff is sad or stuff or, there, or there's a bridge that turns and you go I hate this part of the song and I've always looked at my life as a song and there's parts of the song I love and there's parts of the song I don't like but you got to play the whole song yeah and if it's a song and there's a story in that song decide now as a young guy. What's your plan? What what story are you going to write? You've heard of Billy Graham. Everybody's heard of Billy Graham. Have you heard of uh, Bron Clifford? Mm-mm. No, you haven't. They said he was the best evangelist, and that Billy Graham. When they would do interviews, they would people would interview this guy, and they wouldn't even give give Graham the time of day. But after five years. He left the ministry, left his family, and he died in a drunken stupor in a, in a motel in Amarillo, Texas. And you've never heard of him. That's his story. Yeah. And then you look at Billy Graham's story and you go, that's a much better story. So, so I, you know what's interesting? What we could say, we, could, we can go back to the guy with the twins. Mm-hmm. And we could say... What's your story with these boys? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be 17 years old, traumatic childhood kid that's mm-hmm. looking for Morgan to fix them mm-hmm. because they've dabbled with alcohol and they have so many problems? Mm-hmm. So I go back to those three-year-old boys and I go, okay, first of all, you got a chance right now to you're, mold these boys. You're writing their story. You're writing their story right now. Mm-hmm. And here's what happens if, if, you, if you let this loose. 
if you don't go lay your hands on them tonight and say, God, I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have the power to do this alone. Help me. Yeah. If you don't do that now with these boys, then they're up to the world. You're going to give them to the world. And when you give them up to the world, it's up for chance. They will write a story. The, yeah. wor- the world will write their story yes. for them. Yes. Yeah. And, and then for the guy here, what Brent said, you, now you have a chance. You, you didn't have the opportunity for, as a three-year-old to, to, have, to be fathered, but you have a chance now to start today, mm-hmm. to start today and not rely on Morgan. New chapter. New chapter. This is good. <laughs> That's all the time we have, brother. Um, Hi, man. But, man, let's, uh, let's do this again. All right. Brent Lamb podcast, and then comment on if you're watching on YouTube, comment below and say I want I want to see more Brent. We got to get him to drive down here to Central Texas a couple more times than uh, anytime. Buddy. More say more Brent in those comments. <laughs> Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.